Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Men podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Tess Thompson. Yes, we do. And it is such a fun interview. I love Tess. She's great. It is. She yeah. Has such a great story. I just, I just really love it. And I really uh, admire her and um, because things weren't going the way she wanted them to go mm-hmm. and she did something about it. And yeah. Yeah, and she talks about how she kind of turned things around, like yeah. what she learned and how she yeah. put it into practice. And um, she's doing great now, and she's really achieved the success that she wanted. And yeah, that a lot of people dream about. Yeah, yeah. We talked about uh, mindset and like how that had such a big impact on her. Yep. And then a lot of really practical things too, like about her series and about advertising and things like that. So, yeah. really, really good. That was great. That was great. So, what's been going on with you? Uh, this week has been like a hodgepodge of like getting caught up on all kinds of admin and stuff. Yeah. So nothing really specific going on, except I did discover a new podcast. Remember we had Amelia Rose on the podcast about yes. subscriptions yes. and she has a new podcast now oh, uh, cool. called basically subscriptions for authors. Oh, so okay. if you're interested in like Patreon or anything like that, um, just search for that. I'll put a link in the notes, but um, you know, in your podcast app, it should show up. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. So what about you? Well, <laughs> you always know when it starts like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm in Vegas and uh, at the 20 Books to 50K <laughs> conference, but I didn't decide to go until Sunday or yeah, come here, what it, how, whatever the tense is. I didn't decide until Sunday. Right. And I... Uh, Saturday, I was having major FOMO because everybody was doing their pictures and stuff. And a friend here that was coming said, I have two beds. Come stay with me. And I was like, well, I don't really know. You know, I don't know if I can get a flight. That's not going to cost me a kidney. So let's Mm -hmm. see. And I actually ended up getting pretty reasonable flights. Of course, I had to fly spirit. So my legs are tired because I had to pedal (laughs) all the way. But, help. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's a reasonable price and bought my ticket to the conference and I came and it's just been great. I mean, really yeah. and truly, the only reason I came was so I, my friends could hug me and they have, they've just loved on me and been so sweet and um, kind, but I've actually really, I've sat in on some sessions that were really great. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's been a good week so far. It's been a good week. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. I'm glad you got to go. You yeah. can give us a a summary later, like yeah, yeah. a wrap up. Of, well, you know, you know, when I come to these things, I don't go to a lot of sessions. That's that's I true. Little, I'm not number one. But learner. you all you always have a takeaway, something <laughs> that do. you learned or something that resonated with you. So yeah, I always want to hear about stuff like yeah. that. So I had dinner with uh, Monica Leonel and Russell Nolte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. last night and a few other people guys that's just we're gonna i want to try to get him on the podcast he's just killing it doing direct sales and so but then we russell and monica you know we're talking about uh kickstarter again mm-hmm. and you know i'm just more and more 
convinced that that is a good option for Mm -hmm. so many people, you know, fiction and nonfiction. So anyway, it was great. Um, Yeah. I had lunch with Becca Syme and uh, so, you know, everybody take a drink and uh, (laughs) one of my favorite people. Yeah. It's been good. It's been really good. Yeah. I am too. I, my husband was like, he's like, okay, when do I pick you up? And I told (laughs) But then when we got to the airport and, you know, I kissed him goodbye, he said, I'm really proud of you. And like, I'm, I walk into the airport balling because I I thought he might be mad because, you know, I don't really ask permission to do things. I just sort of say, this is what I'm going to do because he ain't my daddy. Uh, But yeah, he was really great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably good for you to go around and be, be around people. And just hang out and absorb yeah. kind of that writer writer energy. Yeah, it is writer energy. Like I have, I have actually just sort of stood in some groups, just listening to people talk, not talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not as social as I usually am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this conference is super big, and um, like even the noise I notice is bothering me a little bit, mm-hmm. which normally that doesn't bother me. So I, yeah. I know I'm not completely on my game, but. Like people have been so nice, just so, so nice. Um, and I, I just needed that. I needed that little bit of TLC yeah. um, from my friends. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's good. Okay. You should get on with the podcast because yes. Tess has got great stuff. Great to news. Say. Great information. All right. Here's Tess. Well, today we are thrilled to talk to Tess Thompson. Hi, Tess. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. This is so on my bucket list. I'm such a fan of you guys. I've listened to every single episode and I learn something new every time and they're so inspiring. So I can't even believe, like literally, this was on my list of, I want this to happen. You know, it's like Amazon All-Stars get invited to this podcast. (laughs) It's like, we're brought up there. Well, our days are made, I think, because yeah. of hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. So here, let me read your bio and we'll jump right in. Tess Thompson writes light steam small town romances and American historical ram- romances with over 50 titles published. She resides in a suburb, suburb of Seattle with her su- super supportive husband in their nearly empty nest. <laughs> super, super, super. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So Tess, tell us how you got into writing. Well, I, you know, like all everybody that you guys have on this show, I was like that kid with my notes in the book. You know, I just loved books more than anything in the whole world. And then in high school, I got really interested in, oh, actually junior high in acting. And so I ended up going to USC um, and I got a BFA in theater from there. And my, my thought was sort of, to have a life in the theater. So maybe as a playwright and director and, you know, actor, that sort of thing. Um, But then, you know, life happened and I had to have a job and, you know, I was waiting tables and, you know, all that kind of thing. But anyway, you grow up and I moved up here from LA and I just had it on my list. Like, I just want to try to write a book. I just want to, you know, I didn't have any ideas that it would be published or anything. I just It was a goal of mine to, you know, so when my younger daughter, who's 16 now, um, was born, I didn't go back to my day job. And I wrote, you know, just when she was napping or, you know, I got up early in the morning and stuff. And 
after a while, I had this book that was terrible and needed tons of work. And I started kind of sending it around and I got some good feedback and I rewrote it and all that. And then um, a couple years later, it was uh, a small publishing company wanted to publish it. So I went with them and it did really well, which was strange because I didn't think any, you know, I thought, um, you know, it's the first book and everything, but it got on the radar at Nook. And they put it in their newsletter and it was like the number one Nook book for like 15 weeks or something. And this was 2011. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I can do this like this, you know, like people seem to like it. And so that just kind of started it all. And I wrote for that publishing company until 2015, I believe it was when they, they folded, they, they were small and didn't make it. Mm -hmm. And so then after that, I decided to self-publish in 2016, I didn't put any books out. I got married. I'd been gotten divorced and then remarried. (laughs) And so 2017, I started over. I just, I had, you know, small catalog of like eight books. I wrote a couple new ones and I just started trying to figure out this indie thing. And I've told Jamie this before. She was a huge inspiration to me (laughs) because I went to, I think it was the first Ram. It was Nink. And we met. Was it it Nink? Okay. And you and I talked and you were telling me, you know, she she was just describing what she was doing and how well and everything. And I can just remember thinking on the way home, like, I've got to get my act together and figure out this business stuff because like uh, people, these women are killing it. And so was so inspiring to me. I was like, okay, if they can do it, maybe I can too. So that's, so I like to kind of say my indie career started in 2017, even though I've been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And she is killing it. Tess just bought her dream house <laughs> with book money. So I think that's awesome. I'm just so proud yeah. of you and proud for you. I just, that's Thank amazing. Yeah. Well, it's been such a long journey and I, everybody that I meet, I always want to say, just don't give up. Like I've been doing this for over 10 years and just the last two years really are when things finally started, you know, taking off. And I would not have been able to do it had my husband not been so supportive, you know, because you can't just devote so much time and energy and everything without a spouse there to pay the bills. So I'm so proud to be able to contribute now. And, um, (laughs) you know, my, my dream, my next dream is for him to retire from his day job and we live off, off the, the books. I mean, that would just be, that would be it for me. (laughs) Well, um, because you also up production though, didn't you? This last yes. what year, couple of years? Well, actually, since about twenty, oh, I'd say twenty eighteen, I've okay. pretty much released every other month. Okay. So I've been very consistent about that. And mm-hmm. we, I was going to touch on this later with the mistakes because I've made so many, so we won't have enough uh, time to talk about all of them. But one of the things <laughs> I figured out in like twenty eighteen was. Let's write one series and get that done and put that out consistently and see if I can develop a following rather than, oh, one book here uh, in this series, one book in this other series. That was uh, definitely a mistake. And once I kind of figured out, okay, here's my plan and, and also where was my sweet spot? Yeah. Because in 2018 is when I put my first clean and wholesome uh, series out and that really helped kind of gain momentum. Um, it, I think it was just like kind of the stories I was supposed to be writing instead of trying to fit in with everybody else. And, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That so, is fascinating. Yeah. So I was thinking when you said it, 
2018 was kind of when it all came together. So it was like you found your genre that you felt most comfortable in and you were consistent in your releases and you wrote a series and completed a series. So that's a really good check, check, check. Yeah. That's really good. Is there anything else that you think of that kind of like helped, helped you kind of get going really, really well? Yeah, I think it's definitely finding what my sweet spot was, what I like to write, what was easy to write. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. Definitely doing a series, you know, books one after another, because it's almost like one big book. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's easier and it's easier to keep track of all the, you know, your world building and stuff, but also training the readers. Okay. Every other month, I'm going to have a new Cliffside Bay book or whatever. Um, So I think that, but then you know, again, of all the, I've made every single mistake you can make. My branding was terrible. <laughs> this Cliffside Bay uh, series <laughs> that um, the first five, well, actually, no, I put the whole series out with these gorgeous covers. They had these flowers on them uh-huh. and they were to die for. They were so pretty and um, different. I was like, oh, I'm different. Yeah, no, don't be different. <laughs> no, be, be the same, but slightly different. And so the flower ones were like a huge disaster, but I held on to that too long because my husband mm-hmm. was like, oh, but they're so beautiful. They're special. I'm like, yeah, well, we're not special because nobody's yeah. buying them. So, <laughs> so once I got my act together, uh, you know, figuring out what kind of covers worked for the subgenre, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And I feel like I kind of, it was like 20, yeah, like I said, 28, 2019 where I really put my big girl panties on. I was like, this is a business. Stop yeah. messing around. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can do this and figure yeah. out your branding and your subgenre and everything and your messaging. And, and once I really started focusing on that, things fell into place. Yeah. 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 I, I've often said that, you know, you can go out on a limb and be different, but you will probably find yourself alone on that limb with no readers. <laughs> so you <laughs> might want to... Oh that? my God. I am like the case study in that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what, yeah. and it's like, I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, that was so dumb. <laughs> it's so clear in hindsight, isn't it? I mean, we've all yeah. done that. We're oh, like, yeah. we're like, oh, that, that I can see now why that didn't work. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, we've already, you probably already maybe touched on this a little bit, but what is your definition of success? Yeah. I love this question. And I always, I, I'm, fascinated by every guest you have on what they say. Um, And a a lot of people have said it kind of does change over time. And I would agree with that. It used to be, I just wanted to write a really good book. Like that's what I focused on for a long time. And so I, you know, if I could have a book that resonated with readers or that I just knew in my gut, like, this is good writing, this is a good story. But then of course it merged into, well, if I'm doing this, I should be making some money. That would be cool. You know, and then you see what other people were doing, you know, are doing. And I'm like, well, these guys are badass. And maybe I should start emulating that, you know. So then it grows and grows. And soon it's I want to make this amount or that amount. But the the main thing for me is um being able to write a check for my daughter's college, being, you know, not having to worry about where that money is going to come, hopefully retiring my husband in a a year or so. We just, like Jamie said, we bought, just bought a new house. Like all of that is, you know, why we work so hard. Mm -hmm. It's not just Mm -hmm. money in the bank. It's like, what can we do with that money? And so I think that's, it's all about, you know, my family and just freedom, being able to travel, Mm -hmm. being able to, my -hmm. girls were with me, you know, when I was a single mom and they were, there's these, those were some lean, lean years. And 
being able to take them on a little shopping trip, you know, just stuff yeah. like that is what I live for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I think that's a great answer because it also has evolved as you've evolved, you know, as a writer and stuff. So yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, uh, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? Yeah, this is another one where I look back and go, God, I was such an idiot. So the first book I wrote, I didn't even know it was a romance. Like I just <laughs> thought it was a story about this woman, you know, who starts over and she goes, moves to a small town and everything. And then my publisher was like, no, this is a romance. So you're a romance writer now. And I was like, okay. And I had no idea what that even meant. Like, that's how dumb I was. Like, I didn't think, oh, maybe I should join my local RWA chapter, or maybe I should try to network, or maybe I should, you know, read a whole bunch of those books and figure out what this genre is about. And I didn't do any of those things. I just kind of kept writing these books that uh, Elena Johnson calls them like uh, genre adjacent yeah, mine were definitely adjacent. Yeah. And so I wish I had been smarter about that, like really studied the market and figured out where I fit in way earlier than I did because I missed that gold rush window. And I kicked myself about it so much. Like if I had been in 2013, you know, yeah. figured out the the series thing and yeah. all that. I mean, I I think things would have been completely different for me. Right. Uh, so I think that's probably the biggest one. That's yeah. a good, that, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. And I think sometimes like when you're first starting out, you, you can't take it all in. Like you've got to get your writing legs underneath you, you know, and then you're like, Oh, maybe now I should worry about the market. And or for me, I can't do it all at once. So I think you're obviously yeah. doing fine. So I wouldn't yeah. beat yourself up too much over it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you look back at people who started about around the same time, you know, and yeah. they're killing it, and you're like, oh, "What did I do wrong?" Oh, I, now I know what I did wrong. Okay. <laughs> I got that figured out. Yeah, I'm a slower learner than some people, I guess. So, well, what about marketing? Uh, what do you wish you'd known about marketing? Well, i I think I should have embraced ads earlier. And I can, and I, I told somebody this recently, I can remember the first Ram I went to and they were talking about Facebook ads and I had such resistance towards it. I was like, I don't understand this. I'm not smart enough to understand this. I don't want to do this. It's scary. I don't have the money to put into it. And I think looking back, and this is something I think people can take, whatever you're really resistant towards is probably what you should be doing. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have learned that lesson way, way too many times. Um, so yeah, I would say definitely the ads, but also just book covers again, you know, like that, that was just like had such a rookie mistake putting out those covers in like three or four different series that had no, did not give one iota of a clue about what kind of book it was. So, I mean, I just, things now that are so obvious to me, yeah. We're not. And I, I would say too, that I just um, definitely had a resistance to the business side in general. I just kept thinking my books aren't taking off because they're not good enough. Um, and I said that to Karen um, question one time and she said, no, it's not about the books not being good enough. It's that people don't know that they're there. Like it's right. a discoverability problem. And I was like, oh, like that really, really hit me like between the eyes. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh ding, my ding, God. Ding, okay. Ding. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because um, I think there is a resistance to that. And, and, and also there's a little bit of a resistance to learning 
things, yes. you know, even though, because either it's too, too much, I don't have time, but you know, Sarah and I both can attest to the fact that, and that's why we have this podcast that we learn this business from podcast. I mean, yeah. I didn't take any classes. It might show, but um, Sarah probably did because she's number one learner, but um, <laughs> I did not. And so everything we knew go or I knew going in, I had learned from podcasts and blogs and you know yeah. free things. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I think I, that, I should have said this earlier. One of the changes I made in 2018 was I started listening to everything I could. Like I found every podcast. I listened to every episode. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys, Joanna Pant, I mean, David Gochran, all these experts have all this mm -hmm. information and I was ignoring it. Uh, you know, which to my own detriment. And I think just because I didn't know um, yeah. and because I didn't have that mindset of I'm a businesswoman, it yeah. was, you know, I'm an, I'm an, I'm a writer. And yeah. if if I'm good enough, then people will find my books. And that is not what it, not that's true. not the truth. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. That's, yeah. That's I mean, true. you might be like lucky and have that lightning strike where something happens, but for most of us, it is a discoverability thing. We've got to make sure that people can find our books. Right. You know, and it's not necessarily, it, yeah, it's not necessarily that they're bad books or that they're, you know, it's like sometimes they just can't, people just don't know they exist. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, besides that, that we just talked about, are, <laughs> what other assumptions did you make at the beginning of your career? And looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Yeah, definitely that one. Um, I think also like really, really early on. I didn't think you could make money doing what you really love, especially if it was art. Mm -hmm. I'd heard that lesson over and over and over. And, you know, God bless my parents. They're wonderful, but they are, they, their whole existence is on fear yeah. and worry and being yeah. safe. Yeah. And so I never allowed myself to dream that I could be sitting in my home office every day in my pajamas, writing these stories that I love. Like I just, I could never have imagined that. Right. And that's part of my metamorphosis too, is just really letting that, those dreams live in me and believing that I could do this and I can do this. And so, yeah, I mean, just kind of tackling all that mindset, emotional stuff of my own was so important and, and, and took longer than it should have probably. <laughs> and I do want to talk here. to you about mindset later, but um yeah, I, I think that that yeah. is so, so important. Yeah, I love the way you phrase that, letting those dreams live. I mean, mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. really important because if you just squash it down and just think, oh, that's not possible, mm -hmm. it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Well, and then, kind of back to the, yeah, kind of back to the why question too, like that's one thing that's so important to me is that my girls see that I did this thing that was mm -hmm. really, really hard but I never gave up on it and it was my passion and I turned it into something like if I had known that earlier, my whole life would be different. <laughs> you know, instead I was like, Oh, I got to be safe. And you know, I'm, I'm afraid. And I, you know, I can't take risks and all that. Right. Yeah. yeah well, we've talked a little bit about mistakes. So we always love to ask what people have learned. So have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? You know, I love this question, first of all, and I, <laughs> I have, a, I, I've been thinking about this for a week or so about what to say. And, Ironically, because I said before that it was a mistake to um, focus only on the writing and not the marketing, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. In, but what came of that is that when I finally learned the business, I had this huge backlist mm-hmm. that I could play yeah. around with. I could recover them. I could redo yeah. the, you know, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that actually worked in my favor in some ways, um, even though it, it at the time with the ups and downs and stuff, I felt many times very discouraged. Like, why yeah. am I even doing this? You uh-huh. know? Um, so yeah, I would say that. That's great. And I think you, I yeah. mean, you're, you practiced your craft. I mean, you just got better and better and that, you know, I'm sure that affects your book sales now because if you're seeing and your books are not good, then it really doesn't matter if you get seen right. sometimes. So um, it's good to have those two things working in tandem. Good, <laughs> yes, books and good visibility. Yeah. And a yeah. big backlist is and a big backlist huge. That's a big hurt. factor. Yeah. yeah. So what about the opposite? You sort of told us one thing, but have you ever had uh, what you thought was a brilliant idea and it turned out to not be so great? (laughs) God, there's so many of them that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, along those lines, one thing that, and I, I feel like this is important for people here. One thing that happened to me that was really odd, and this sort of answers this question, but I had this dream one night about this um, historical series. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote down the details, you know, when I woke up that morning and stuff, And but I was still in the middle of Cliffside Bay. So I finished those. And then I thought to myself, well, nobody's going to buy a, you know, a historical book from me, but I'm going to write this for myself because I did this long series and I'm going to give myself this little treat. So I wrote, I wrote it in December. It was my Christmas present to myself. Well, that book is like, it's the one that really took off. And yeah. this historical <laughs> series, I mean, I, I could not believe it. I was like, I thought my mom would read it and that would be it. People loved it. And so, you know, I'm just finishing up. It's, it's an eight book series, but yeah, just saw um, that you're finishing it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things where, again, you have to really find that spot within yourself. Like, what do you love to read? What do you love to write? Like, right. what are those stories that really give you joy and, yeah. you know, lean into those? So, um, so I think that's another just important, um, lesson that sometimes you just have to live through it to figure out, okay, what is it that works the best right, for me? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And listen to your gut. You yes. Know? Listen to yeah. your gut. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful that like you tried something a little bit different and like, it just shows that we don't know what we think we know. Like we're like, Oh, that's not gonna do that great. And then it takes off. Like people say about ads all the time. The image that I hated was the one everybody loved. And sometimes the same thing with books, like the one that you think isn't going to do great does great. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, the message there is just, you know, if you do have an idea that you think might be, you know, not something that wouldn't sell, you might be wrong and and you might be right. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I think it's worth, you know, taking a risk sometimes to write that book of your heart, you know, and and especially if it segues at least in, you know, it's like, I'm not going to write, um, you know, a book about dragons because I don't know anything about dragons and I wouldn't want to read a book about dragons. So, I mean, you have to find that kind of sweet spot between what's commercial and what you love. Yeah. So basically what Tess is saying, it's a crapshoot. You just never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Everything is. That is yeah. the truth in this business too. Oh or you, know, you learn something and then it stops working. I mean, that's yeah. just the way this, th- which is mm-hmm. why what you guys are doing is so important because we learn from each other, you know, and, and 
in this always evolving business. It's just so important to keep your mind open and keep learning and listening. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, looking back now, can you figure out, like, can you figure out why that book resonated so much? Well, you know, it's funny because um, I'm just beginning a new historical series and I I called Becca Slime. I was like, I need a coaching session. <laughs> Are you stressed? Out. Yeah. Because I was like, what if it was a fluke and I can't <laughs> it again? Like, you know, what? what's it? And she, uh, and I have it on my keyboard. She said, um, guard the fun. So mm-hmm. she basically walked me through like, what was it that was, what was your experience emotionally when you were writing these books? And I was like, well, they're just super fun. I love them, you know? And she is like, that's what, what you need to just remember what that feeling was and do it again. I was like, okay, all right. I think I can, I I mean, the jury's still out. I'll let you know. (laughs) It could be a total flop. (laughs) That's great. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure. I'm sure it will work out fine. Well, Well, uh, oh, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, um, we've talked about mindset a little bit, but what's the biggest mindset change you've had to make? Yeah, definitely the putting my business hat on that. That was a huge wake-up call. And one of the things that I've done is give my power away to other people that I think are smarter than me. You know, so classic was my publisher. You know, they were, they didn't know, they didn't know anything about what they, you know, the the, the advice they gave me was not good. Um, So I've really had to learn that lesson over and over, it seems like. And I think and this last time I said to God, uh, I got it. I'm not going to do it again. I really got it this time. <laughs> so I think my mindset is, you know, you you must learn the business mm-hmm. um, and know when it's okay to give, you know, to to outsource, right. but really start from your own, because nobody cares about this business like we do. I mean, nobody right. cares mm-hmm. about it. Like we do. Um, so I think that's been the biggest thing is just, you know, can I be a businesswoman? Am I, am I smart enough to do this? And right. And I'm not the smartest about marketing. I'm like, I'm just not that person who can think of things, but right. I am number four learner. And that is what I do well. If yeah. I don't know what it is, I'm going to find out because yeah. there's enough information out mm-hmm. here. Um, so once I shifted that mind, and I've said this to Jamie, I said it earlier, like, you know, just listening to how she had approached her business. I was like, mm. God, what am I doing? Like, this is, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> That's that. I, I mean, I'm kind of a broken record, but the, yes, that was, it was definitely the business mind. I do remember your expression and it, it, it was that. Yes. Because <laughs> there was someone else with us and you just kept looking at her and then looking yeah. back at me and looking at her. Well, was, yeah, it was my, my other friend, Jamie was the yes, team. That's right. And yeah. we, uh, she's from Seattle. We're really good friends. And we took the plane ride home together and we talked like, <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time about you. And I'm just like, this woman is killing it. I was so um, jealous isn't the right word, but I was like, God, I've been doing this for so long. Why, yeah. why am I not doing better? You know? And so it was really a huge wake up call to me. And, and again, another reason why my husband and I talk about this all the time, sometimes you hesitate to go to, to conferences just because of the money, you know, especially sure, if you're not sure. doing that great. But every single time that I have gone, to one of it to Ram or Nink or I get some kind of gem like that, mm-hmm. that just pushes me, uh, you know, yeah. in that direction I need to go. Right. And, and I think this is an important point too. So at the time I was doing really great and Tess was kind of 
struggling a little bit. And now I have not bought a house and Tess has. <laughs> I mean, that is just the ebbs and flow of this business and the ups and downs. And you just have, you know, if you want to stay in it, you have to ride it out. I mean, that's yeah. just the bottom line. You have to ride it out, figure out how mm-hmm. you can pivot and turn and make something out of what you already have. If you can't produce more, which is kind of where I'm at right now, or produce more, you know, and mm-hmm. see what you can do with that. So absolutely. I, and I, I mean, I can't important. emphasize enough, just like sticking with it. Like you're, right. there, there's going to be those low times or, or like you, Jamie, this past year, personal things yeah. have just been too much. You yeah. you know, you haven't been able to do it and, you know, just hang in there. Cause next year you, you will, you know? know, and that's yes. like for every single person listening to this. I mean, I, I was on a high in 2011. I went down, I went up, I went, you know, so yeah. It, and I always think too, like when I feel discouraged, remember why I'm doing this Yes. other than just the, you know, financial freedom, but because I love to write mm-hmm. and it's my passion. And I feel like that's why God put me on this earth. Like Mm -hmm. if you just go back to that essence of what it is, I think that helps too. It does help. So speaking of mindset though, because yes, you did change your mindset about treating it like a business, but you've also opened yourself up to the potential of having more, of being bigger. Uh, Renee Rose has a book, uh, right to riches. And she talks about you in that book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can you tell people a little bit about, you know, like how that mindset uh, occurred and how you came to that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I meant to mention it actually in my mindset thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I spent several years learning as much as I could about the business and then, and I don't even know what prompted me to do it, but I started reading all these um, manifestation books and mm-hmm. Um, you know, vi- uh, envisioning what you want. Yep. And um, I, I'd done vision boards for a long time, but um, I, you know, I started doing those every year and really figuring out, okay, what is it that I want and yes. not limiting it, you know? Yeah. And I remember um, a couple years back, the girls, my girls and I did, we all did ours together, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and I had a certain number in there of what I wanted to make a week. And I remember my older daughter go, goes, mom, that's impossible. <laughs> now I've like, I think quadrupled that number, you know? Oh and so gosh. it's, again, it's like, if you believe that what you want is possible, it mm-hmm. will happen. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like some sort of spiritual magical thing, or if it's just once you decide this is what I want, mm-hmm. then you are like, okay, well, here's a step I could take to get there. And here's right. another right. step, or here's, right. you know, pivot to this other direction or whatever you begin to see things that, that you didn't see before yeah yeah possibilities yeah yes. i think that's true i think that's yeah. true and you know i mean it's just what i've learned is i don't really believe that i, I can manifest good things and that's a problem when you're trying to manifest <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> No, but that's you got a big problem on your hands. But that's everybody. I mean, that was me. That's like that's the whole thing. If you can get through that hump of of belief, it it does work. I know it does because I'm living proof. You know, yes. Mm -hmm. But I do think you're right about once you sort of get past that block, you do open yourself up to new possibilities, and you begin to see things that you couldn't see before because Mm -hmm. you weren't looking for them, or Mm -hmm. you know, or just wasn't the right time for things, and so, yeah, 
That, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. I love that whole book. We're going to have Renee on the, on the podcast, oh, but she's amazing. Yeah. She is amazing. And I listened to it when I was on my cruise and it, you know, of course I was still kind of grieving. Well, I wasn't kind of, I was grieving and um, it was like having my friend right there with me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it was nice. <laughs> yeah. So uh tell us some tips for writing some small town romance. Because okay. I know people. Um yeah, well uh, for me it's a small town is just a world building exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, you put in, you know, all your characters and your businesses and all that. And what I've done that I think has worked really well, um, that I didn't do in the beginning, but I pretty much plot out kind of the series arc. Oh, really? Very loosely. I'm not yeah. a big plotter at all, but um and then I get all the characters figured out and how they what their relationship is to each other, you know, who mm-hmm. are best friends and who are enemies and blah, blah blah. Yeah. And so I kind of plan that all out and then kind of from a marketing perspective when you're writing, uh-huh. you then are like, okay, I need to mention this little shift yes. with this. Yes couple mm-hmm. that's coming up in book three, yeah. you know, so it's really almost a marketing exercise in a way, like it's the sneak preview of what's coming. Right. So that I think is really key. I'm not the only person who does that, obviously. But, um, but yeah, I think some planning ahead is key. And again, another, you know, I didn't know that when I first started out. So I had this book that did well. And my publisher was like, well, write another one, you know, write a, in the same town. I was like, well, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and I didn't have anything planned. So what am I going to do? You know? So what, when I learned, uh, you know, when I learned later that planning is so important when you're doing a world building, especially. So I, I guess yeah. that would be my main advice. Yeah. And are your series the same length? Do they turn out to be different lengths? And do you know how long they're going to be when you start? Um. Well, like with Cliffside Bay, I planned on five mm. and it was five best guy friends. Well, then they got some more friends and all of a sudden <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like 10 books plus four novellas, which again, like at the time I didn't think about it, but now they're in KU and it's awesome because they're super long books and there's a yeah. ton of them. So if I can get yeah. somebody hooked in, yeah. um, so yeah, so it's it there. It's like this last one, yeah. this um my Emerson Pass series, it's um eight historical and five contemporary set in the same town a hundred years apart with the oh, descendants ooh. of the uh, you know historical characters in the modern one. Um yes. that I I planned for, you know, each sibling was gonna have a story. So yeah. So in general, I would say I plan like maybe six to eight in a series. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my brain is hurts from just thinking about writing the two contemporary and historical. <laughs> well, you've done that, Sarah. Well, you had well, no, but they're like, but they don't book. have. Yeah, they don't have direct descendants because I'm afraid I'll mess it up. <laughs> Somebody will email me and say this person can't be related because of blank. You know, yeah, you don't. Know, just married siblings. About that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, God, what if I put cousins together? That would be gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's that, and I have this big family tree, and oh, I have it on my website, and of course, I keep adding people to it because it feels keep having yeah. babies and everything, and I'm. Somebody said, well, wh- why don't you do the next generation? And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. But I don't know if I can possibly like figure it all out, like how it all fits together. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 You'd need a like genealogist on call, right? To uh, make sure it all worked out. <laughs> exactly. 
That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, tell us about your historicals. Like how much research did you do? And um, um I, I guess did you know you were gonna get into doing research when you had when you decided to do historicals? If you you know. Yeah, well, so I had written two standalone historicals um previous, and those I felt were my best books, and I just loved writing them. I'm a kind of, I'm just a super geek, you know, I love you know learning about different eras and stuff. Um, but one of my strategies has been to always write in the same historical era so that I I just build knowledge as I yeah, go. Um, so I good. really just focus on like 1910 to 1940. Mm-hmm. Um and that seems to help me, but, you know, but they're slower to write. Cause you know, I'll come along and I'll think, wait a minute, did they even have yogurt then? You know, yeah. so then I'm like looking up yogurt, like, you know, so, you know Sarah, you write. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are many things that I'm like, Hmm, that could be, have, have been invented then, but maybe not. I have like all my Google queries are blah, blah, blah. When invented. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you're, uh, your readers will let you know if you haven't done it right. Oh, too. yeah. Isn't that, isn't that the case, yeah. sir? Oh, yeah. 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 Well, so how much, what do you like to do to research the time yeah. period? Um, well, one thing I, if I can find it, I like to get like memoirs or, or you know, um, you know, those books that, where it has, uh, you know, living history, you know, people mm-hmm. tell yeah. their stories. I find those are the most helpful because what we're writing about are ordinary people. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, the big events of the world were going on, you know, those are important mm-hmm. to know, but like, what did people do, you know, what did they have for breakfast? Right. How did they get to work? You know, that sort mm-hmm. of thing um, is what makes, I think makes a story richer and, right. and um, but sometimes, but it's hard to find, although like I'm this book that I'm finishing up, it's uh, set in World War II because the family, it starts in 1910 and then each sibling ages up, you know, and they get their mm-hmm. own story. Um, and I've been able to find these accounts from these soldiers, you know, that um, told their stories about, you know, traipsing through Italy and all that. And so it's just fascinating once you, but it can also be, you can get too deep. Yeah. Into yeah. The <laughs> it's like, okay, I, got, I have to write now. Yeah. 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 That's the danger of like learning, being a learner and learning is like, you could be learning all day and not yes. writing words at all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, this has been so great and we've been so blessed to have you on and I'm just so happy for your just success and how you've really changed things for yourself and I love that so much girl power all the way (laughs) Uh, but tell us what do you think is the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success well, ironically, because this is going to be contrary to everything I said, I think learning the, the craft, like you yeah. really have, for anybody who's starting out, you've got to start there because it, it is at the end of the day, all always about the book. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would say that that's probably, you know, I took that so seriously. Like mm-hmm. I was, I have to be the best that I can possibly be. Yeah. And I think that that has helped in, in the long run. It's just, it's taken a long time. <laughs> right. 
anybody yeah. to find the books. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so glad they have. Very true. I'm just so yeah. glad they have. Yeah. Well, you two are a huge inspiration to me. <laughs> I'm not just saying that. I every I look forward to the new episodes. I go on my walk and I just love hearing, you know, all the people, the stories. It's so inspiring. So oh. well, thank you. And thanks for being patient with us as we've gone through this summer. So uh, oh yeah, well, yeah. we're the fans are still here. We're waiting. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for saying that. That's so nice. So where can people find out more about you and your books? Yeah, Uh, I'm testwrites.com or they can just look up Tess Thompson on Amazon and there I'll be to my father's horror. When he puts my name into the Google search, like 10 things come up. He's like, this is terrible. People are going to, you know, know all about you. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have achieved discoverability. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening today. And thanks for being with us. Um, Wait, those, all the links can be found at wishidknowthenpodcast.com. And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin for us. And we will see everybody next week. Bye. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.